So today, I'm going to talk about my childhood. Has any of you ever experienced being an ugly duckling, being a misfit, a square peg in a round hole? When you were a child, that was how I felt when I was a kid. Because, well, let's say that when I was really, really small,、um, I was underweight, and then I was born into a family. Um, that were a little bit chubbier in size. So even my grandmother would say that, "Hey, can you put some weight on? Because it looks like we've underfed you, or maybe you just don't belong." And my older sister used to say that, "Hey, you know what? You don't belong. You don't look like us. You don't have the size and the shape of us. You know what? You're just adopted." So that kind of caused this sense of twisted, convoluted sense of self-worthlessness and wrongness in my reality, and that was how I grew up. So when I was seven, I had this episode of pneumonia, and obviously、um, back then, you you know, you had to have all those drips and stuff with. Cortisone in it, and then so I put on a lot of weight. I put on probably like twenty pounds, which is eight nine kilograms in two and a half weeks when I was hospitalized.、Um, yeah, it was acute pneumonia. I almost passed away. <laughs> That was how bad it was. And you know, after being released from the hospital, they're like, "Wow, you put on weight. You finally look like a part of the family. You finally fit in." So, how many of you tried to fit into your family your entire life, and does it really work? So that was my sort of struggle, I would say, to try to fit in. And when I started to fit into my family, then I started not to fit in in my school, and because. You know, with young girls, young boys, everyone would say mean things to each other. It's not bullying. It was. It's just how it is. It's just you know how the culture of school is. And they're like, "Oh, you fat little pig. Oh, you chubby little kid." And also back then,、um, my mom decided to、um, give me a really, really short haircut, so I almost looked like a boy. And I also remember when I. Um, when I went to、um, the restroom in a hotel, the worker in there, the staff in there, was like,、um, "Excuse me, a little young little boy or young man, this is the women's restroom." I'm like, "I am a girl," and then she looked at me, totally aghasted. I'm like, "No, I am a girl." <laughs> so. Again, so how much wrongness have you guys been projected and probably impelled on as you were growing up by all the people around you? And how many of you tried so hard to please them, to impress them, to no avail? And so. It's like I tried so hard 
to be like a girl while also fighting against being like a girl. Because I was in this weird, I would say, oppositional place of thinking, well, I am a girl. Why do I have to prove that I am a girl? While on the other hand, it's like, okay, everyone thinks that I'm not girly enough. Then I should be girly enough. Do you see the irony here? Do you see how much energy I've put in into trying to maintain the wrongness of the rightness of my points of views? And it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't any good for me. boy that I used to have a crush on when I was nine or eight, I can't remember. He's such a gentleman. I mean, I still know him now. He's a friend, family friend of mine. And then um, I heard him saying that, oh, she's a very nice lady, but I guess um, our sizes just don't work, don't match. <laughs> Oh well. And as I told you guys, I grew up in a family um, where everyone was a bit, okay, it's probably an understatement, meatier or chubbier. And then my sister also used to say, because of her, um, I would say, intense or severe insecurities on her body or body image issues she would go she would tell me hey when you grow up you could be you could be shorter than me and you could be bigger and heavier than me I was like wow that's a hoax man <laughs> so how many jokes have you guys heard in your life that were not really jokes but were jinxes that were cast upon you <laughs> and then you start thinking why would someone in your family someone who should care for you say things like this with a smiley well may I add evil smiley face is that true kindness and would you start to question this reality is like, is everyone okay? Or is that that people just want to spread their suffering and their unhappiness to other people just because other people have not been quote unquote contaminated with all these, I would say, unhappiness and sadness. So that was a little overview of my family and that was how I grew up in this constant fighting and defending for who I was, who I needed to be, who I ought to be, and who I would like to be but would never become. Does that sound familiar to any of you? 
And obviously, I'm all over that now, thanks to all the tools. Because there's this wonderful tool called, hmm, who does this belong to? If you truly would ask a question, which is the easiest one is, who does this belong to? Who does this insecurity belong to? Who does this sadness belong to? And also when people tease you, make fun of you, or even, may I say, bully you, you can just ask, who does that belong to? Is that really theirs? Or did they pick it up from others? Because that, that's what they already deemed as the appropriate response when they are interacting with others or with their peers. Hmm. That's a good question to ponder. Because if we really look at all the bullying and all the teasing and all the meannesses that are going on in schools and in educational systems and in society, it's like, okay, maybe all the cat fights and all the, I would say, all the um, perpetration of verbal meannesses would stop because people just don't know that there are better alternatives. They just thought that this is the way that things should be. This is the things that they should say because they're just acting age appropriately based on how they are using other people as their reference. It's like, well, if everyone else is doing it, why am I not? So that's the question. Who does this belong to, truly? <laughs>